Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chip. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, man, tonight, tonight I'm going to be running crazy, or today, whenever you're listening to it. I'm going to tie a lot of things in, but um, it all has, it all comes together. It's all it's laid out for us in the Bible. You just got to look for it and put it together. And that's kind of what I've done tonight. I've got a ton of verses to go over. And some of them I'll skim over and some I'll, I'll hit the highlights, hit the main thing. But I've been doing a study, a Bible study, or with my, with my buddy John Budd and... Uh, Another gentleman I met today, Andrew, and, um, and you know, we just, we start off on a topic, and we, we chase the rabbit wherever it goes, you know, and, um, which is kind of good. It's, it's, uh, thought-provoking, and people are learning, and you're not just getting bogged down in, in one section. And, um, so anyway... Somebody said something today that really struck me as interesting, and I've thought about it a lot. Not, I don't know, I've thought about it a lot, and I've wondered, and and it provoked me to come home and do some Bible study and try and figure it out, put my finger on it. Well, God put his finger on it for me. So, uh, the title of this podcast... If you saw it or read it, is I brought you into this world and I can take you out. So how many of us have ever heard that said by our parents? Probably all of us. You know, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Well, and that's God. That's God in a nutshell. And uh, they talked about today, you know, God is, a, is, can be, um, I don't want to say it ugly or disrespectfully, but he can just be a cold-blooded killer. He can wipe out people with plagues, pestilence, the sweep of a hand, the blink of an eye. And you know, there's so many instances in the Bible where God wiped out thousands and thousands of people. I mean, look what he did with the uh, Egyptians when they were chasing the Israelites out of Egypt. He parted the sea, and when they got down in there in the seabed bottom, he drowned them all. Look at what he did with the with their families, with the plagues. He wiped out all the firstborn children. And um, Look at what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. He wiped out the valley for their sins. Um, I looked up uh, at the very beginning when it sta- in the Bible where it starts to where God sees He's angry with us. This is in Genesis. He's in Genesis um, 
six, five, and six. Um, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord, Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he grieved in his heart. Uh, and then, of course, the flood, and he wiped out everybody on the earth. We don't know how many millions of people were on earth, but he wiped them all out. Um, then let's go to, um, let's see here, Ezekiel 25, 13 and 14. He says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will stretch out my hand against Edom, cut off man and beast from it, and make it desolate from Teman. Dedan shall fall by the sword. I will lay my vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel, that they may do in Edom according to my anger and according to my fury, and they shall know my vengeance, says the Lord God. Here again. Vengeful, angry. Um, we see a lot of this in the Old Testament. First Samuel, Amalek. First uh, Samuel fifteen two and three. He says, "Thus says the Lord of Hosts: I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt." Now go and attack Amalek. Utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. He wanted everything that was Amalek destroyed. Their animals, their people, their land. Well... So let's, like we were talking about in the Bible study, <clears throat> do you think there were those nursing children were guilty of anything other than being from Amalek? Do you think the cattle and the goats and the sheep were guilty of anything other than being property? Do you think that there weren't some good people? <coughs> Excuse me. On the earth, or... <clears throat> you know, in these different places, do you not think that there was any... Not a single good person? Um, we know there had to be. But God executed judgment on everyone. They all bore the sins of their area, their people, their whatever their clan did or whatever their city was guilty of, everybody, the punishment was for the masses. But, you know, this is the same theme. It's, it's all the way through the Old Testament in different places, different battles, different God-destroying armies and, you know, at the hands of people or... At the hands of his angels, he destroys, wipes out whole armies, you know. Um, what changes? What changes? Why 
Why does God let up on us? Why has he why has he not wiped out the earth over the the reaction of our sins? Well, I tell you what. If it were not for Christ, the world would be judged by the masses and we would be destroyed. And because of Christ, I'll I'll tell you why. It's not just because <clears throat> it's not just because he came, it's because of what he is. Now, we talked about in this Bible study that God doesn't change. You know, God is the same in the beginning and forever and ever. Amen, you know. But so what happened to make this situation change? Well, it wasn't God changing. It was he changed his method of dealing with people. Because you see, thousands of years, the Israelites couldn't get it right. They kept re rebelling and going crazy and cast out and brought back and didn't listen. And, and what happened? Well, here we go in Isaiah 65, 1 through 13. He says, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am. See, that all started with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to a nation that was not called by my name, I have stretched out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good according to their own thoughts, a people who provoke me to anger continually to my face, who sacrifice in gardens and burn incense on altars of brick, who sit among the graves and spend the night in the tombs, who eat swine's flesh and the broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, Keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am holier than you. They are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day. Who is he talking about? He's talking about people. We've turned our back on gods and we made ourselves gods. We don't come near me. I'm holier than you. He's talking about the Pharisees and everybody, you know, who treat the Gentiles and everybody else differently. And smoke in your nostrils. You ever had smoke in your nostrils from a campfire or something that's burning? I mean, it's just, well, it'll take your life if it's uh, pungent or thick enough. Um. But he goes on to say in 15, see that was 1, one to 5, so 1 to 13. Um, let's see. They blasphemy on the hills, he says. They burn incense on the mountains. And uh, let's see. He said, and as the New wine is found in the cluster, and one says, Do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, and heir of, their, of my mountains. My elect shall inherit it, and my servants shall dwell there. See, 
He's saying don't throw everything out because of one or two. He's save a few, and that's what he's getting away from the mass destruction. He's saying just because the a thing of grapes is bad, they're not all bad. Just there might be a few good grapes in there. So he's gonna bring forth the descendants, and he's gonna make them the heir of his mountains, right? And then he goes on to say, let's see. He says, therefore, I will number you for the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer, and when I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes, and chose that in which I do not delight. Therefore, says the Lord, let's see, he goes down, he says, you shall leave. Your name is a curse to my chosen, for the Lord God will slay you and will call you servants, so that he who blesses himself on the earth shall be blessed himself in the God of truth. Listen, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. You see... You shall leave your name as a curse to my chosen. We're going to pass up our past, and his chosen is coming. And he shall call for the Lord, and he shall call his servants by another name. Well, in Acts, it's the first time that we're called Christians. You know, and he says, Shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. He's not going to remember our sins anymore. What is this truth he's talking about? You know, he's saying, let's flip over to John. He's sending someone that's the God of truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, that word that God is sending, and the word of truth, Connie's probably loving this. Where does that come from? Who's that word? Well, go back to John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Did you get the very beginning verse, though? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God, Jesus... Is the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth is the word. And what happened to the word? 
Well, John 1, 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Man, it's getting there, isn't it? He's, he's laying out a road map for us if we just read the Bible and listen. Jesus says in his prayer to God in John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. In 16, he says, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Who is the word? Who is God? Who is God? You know, we all say, we think of God and Jesus <coughs> as being separate. John 14, 9, Jesus said to him, I've been, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Why is it so hard? Well, you know, like I said, he got tired of the Jews not listening and not doing whatever. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of this system. I'm tired of chasing around. I spent too much time on them already. I'm going to give the opportunity to the people that believe. The people that will believe in my son and not do sacrifices and not do all this other mess. That I'm not going to be doing killing thousands of people and doing miracles for them and delivering them to promised lands. They're just going to have to believe. And believe is it. If you can believe, you've got it. But you got to believe. And see, a lot of people believe that there is a God and believe that there is a Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Who was those? Who was the truth? Who was Jesus? Who? Okay, let's take it back one more concept. God appeared to Abraham. At the burning bush, right? He said, he said, who am I? He said, I am that I am, right? I am that I am. That's the name of God. I am. That I, I am. He is everything. I am. And what does Jesus say in 858? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am. He just said right there, that one little verse in the whole Bible, he just made it very pointed. I'm God. 
He didn't say I'm God. He said, he said he, I am. The same name that God used. He said something theologically that the, those Jews, they blew a gasket. They went crazy. He is comparing himself to God. No, he didn't compare himself to God. He said he was God. So you see, man, I covered a lot real quick. God created us, gave us a chance, gave the Jews a chance to Israel. He picked that nation. Did he murder people or kill people? Or Yes, golly. Like I said, Noah, all the people that he just killed the armies and he, he decided the battles and and kept trying to get the Israelites and the Israelites to you know to go, 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 and they just wouldn't do it. I mean, how many times do you say to your kids, you know, or an employee or whatever, you know what, I am sick. I am sick of trying with you. I'm sick. You just don't you, you don't listen, you don't do whatever. I'm sick of it. Well, that's, that's what God did. He got sick of the Israelite people not listening. He said, all I want is some people that will believe in me. And so he, he gave us the blood covenant, the covenant of Christ on the cross. He came and died for our sins. That if we just believe, we don't have to go build an altar on our property and, and kill doves or sheep or calves or grain offerings. We don't have to go to Israel once a year. We don't have to go anywhere except to our knees and say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me my sins. And thank you for your son who died for me on the cross. That's all we got to do. We don't have to do those elaborate sinner's prayers that some of these people say you got to do. All you got to do is believe, and profess, repent. No more killing of the masses. or I mean, yeah, we're still going to have death and calamity. I mean, we're sinning and we're a fallen world and we can't live forever. Well, we can't, not on this planet. We're going to live forever with God if you're a believer, but it, we are born to die. That's what I tell people. We are born to die. From the day you start breathing, you're going to die. But if you believe in Christ, you can live forever. So, well, I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. And uh, thanks for tuning in. God bless. Thank you for your prayers. Remember to pray for uh, Callie Bristol and, and Crystal and my friend Jeff and... Uh, just be safe, people. Pray for our countries and our leaders. God bless. Thank you for everything.